services, when I tell you to, to uh, you know, do something, I'm not just saying it just to, you know, just because I think it's fun or da-da-da. You know, I, I, I'm doing it because there's a reason. There's an anointing on us. I don't understand it. It's been there from the very beginning of the ministry. I don't understand it. I just walk in it. Well, I've told people to do things. They've walked off their crutches. They've gotten brand new jobs. Their families have come back to the Lord. And and, and when I say something like, you know, to do, I might say dance in the Holy Ghost. Or one man I told to dance and he was healed. Listen, we were in Canada. He was from England. He had flown over visiting the church. One service. What were the chances? That a Jewish Southern Baptist Pentecostal girl would be there. In Victoria, looking at this man, didn't have any idea who he was or where he was from. Just happened to be visiting that day. And I said, dance! Thank God he did. He was totally healed that day of an incurable kidney disease. No, wait, wait, wait. No, wait, listen. Uh, what I'm trying to tell you is, so during these services, if I do, you know, get a little wild and try to get you to get a little wild, there's a reason. There's a reason. It's the anointing that we carry. You know, it's the anointing that we carry that destroys the yoke. I don't understand it. I just got a letter from somebody that said everything that happened to me. I was in pain in a car wreck. I had shots for pain. Everything you said, every word of knowledge, every word of wisdom, whatever was coming forth was totally for me, totally healed. Somebody else came and said, you know, I walked for such and such and I got it. Or I was in your service and we began to dance and have fun just because you guys were wild. And I got it. What is that? That's a, that's a part of getting with somebody who's, who's actually one of the secrets. One of the ways it's, <laughs> it's easy to receive Woo! is if you get with somebody and you rejoice with them. You would rejoice with those who rejoice and you rejoice with them. Yeah, yeah. It helps that same anointing. You know, it's contagious. You uh-huh. can catch it. You can. You know, some things are taught, some things are caught. Well, you can catch it. And the same blessing that they're receiving, you can receive too. That's why when somebody's <laughs> rejoicing, if you the, the smartest thing you can do is just rejoice with them. And, 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 and listen, and teenagers, he doesn't say everybody praise the Lord 30 and over. Nowhere do I see that in the Word of God. 30 and over, if you feel like it. If you feel like it, praise the Lord. I don't see that anywhere either. Ah. <laughs> you can sit down. Ooh, you can sit down, but don't sit down without shouting. Glory. I know it's Sunday morning. We're coming back tonight, so uh, we okay. are, we're aware of. Uh, yeah, we got lots of things. We gotta go eat lunch and take a nap before we come back. I don't know what you're gonna do, but that's what I'm gonna do. Lots of things are happening here. But I'm telling you, this is. Uh, I'm so glad we're here. Manifestations, healing, manifestations. The Lord's. I'm so glad we're here. This is a good place to be. God's got something to release in this church. I mean, you know, we you, you know we're we know who we are. And we are, you just say, who are you? I'm, I'm a big, fat mess without yes. Jesus. I know that. We don't do anything because we think we're somebody. You know, the only confidence we have is because we know that we belong to him. Yes. And let me tell you, yes. you have to declare that truth. You have to declare it. If you don't talk about who you are, the devil will talk to you about who you are. Oh, yeah. yes. And let me tell you, he's yes. a big fat liar. Yes. And he's not for you. He's against you. He hates us. And you don't always recognize his voice because he likes to hide. 
He likes to make you think that he is, you know, your best friend. And he's actually your worst enemy. But God's not hiding nothing. He's, he's on display he, oh, for all the world to see. This is open heaven. I mean, this is, you know, this is the grave is empty time. You understand what I'm saying? But anyway, uh, I, I, so I have a question for you this morning. Do you know what time it is? <laughs> Don't everybody likes it when the person who's uh, on the platform knows what time it is. <laughs> but I'm asking you, do you know what time it is? Well, I'm going to give you a little uh, uh, story from the Word of God that I think will even help you because I believe the Holy Ghost is speaking to each and every one of us about what time it is. And I mean, you might think it's time to go home, but Jesus is trying to hear you hear a different uh, uh, message. It's not just time, you know, to, to, uh, to go eat lunch. It's time for a move of the Spirit of God. That's right. And I'm telling you, you, you know, I, I don't know what you, what you come to church for, but I don't come to watch what God will do. I come to be a part of what God will do. Yeah. See? Glory! 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 Hallelujah. And I have found it, it, just, it just seems like you enter in differently when you, when you worship God and use your voice. Your voice uh, is, is so powerful in the realm of the spirit, you know. Your voice, and, and when you hook up with other people and you come together in Acts chapter 4, when, you know, after there had been great persecution and they came together and they began to lift their voice up and they said, Oh, Lord, God of heaven and earth. They began to just magnify who God is. They didn't magnify their problem. They magnified who God was. And they began to just say, Oh, God, you made heaven and earth and all that is in it. And they all began to lift their voice up together. And as they began to lift up their voice and they said, You know, uh, now, Lord, stretch forth your hand to cure and perform signs and wonders in the name of your holy child, Jesus. And they, I'm telling you, God looks for somebody to say it before he does it. And when you're in the congregation, when you lift your voice up, and you, it all, if all you know to say is just glory glory bless the lord oh my soul and all that is within me thank you father just say those things because i'm telling you the bible says he inhabits the praises of his people and if you want to experience the manifestation of god's presence just begin to do that in a greater measure and as you do as you do you'll grow in understanding who he is and you'll learn to recognize his presence And as you learn to recognize what God's doing, then it's a whole lot easier to see what he's not doing. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Oh, but this is in Mark chapter 10. I have to read this to you real quickly here. I want to read this story to you because I believe that the spirit of God will help us all to, to understand and move into a greater place of faith. You know, faith is, is always, um, uh, strong desire always accompanies strong faith. Always. And you say, well, why is that? Because desire comes from your heart. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and he will trust in the Lord and he will give you, uh, what does he say? The desires of your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. So guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. You know, within the heart of a person who's been born again is the desire of heaven. Did you know that? 
within the heart of a person who's been born again is the desire of heaven. And when you release that desire, how do you do that? You do that by faith. By faith, you release the desire that's in your heart. Strong desire is always a part of strong faith. And, you know, what you do when you, when you have a strong desire is there's other things that could get your attention. But you choose to give your attention to the things that release your faith. Now, there may be some things you don't know, but I have learned this about God. He will always give you enough to get you in faith. He may not give you all the answers, but he'll give you enough to get you in faith. You may. Thank you, ma'am. You can sit down now. (laughs) But he always gives you enough to get you in faith. And if you'll go with what you do know, then you'll enter into a greater place. I'm just telling you the truth now. It's absolutely true. And so there's a story in Mark chapter 10 about a place of faith and and a a time of great faith and great desire that came together. And it starts in verse 46. I love this story. What are you doing back there? I'm trying to find something to read to the church. Okay. I thought, see, usually we have the ministry of interruption in case you hadn't noticed. It's not interpretation. It's interruption, you know. Like one guy said, you know, there's only one thing more dangerous than a woman with a mic, and that's two women with a mic. Oh, glory to God. But, you know, we found out John G. Lake had somebody that he ministered with in a similar way. We didn't know it until we were reading a book somewhere at a house about 15 years ago. And so it's nice to know that uh, somebody (laughs) somewhere has done it before. But anyway, uh, in Mark chapter 10 and verse 46, I've got to read this story to you. I love this because let me tell you, every time you receive a word from God, you actually grow in the will of God. Do you know, it's impossible, impossible to receive by faith something you are not sure is God's will. Do you know that? If you're not sure that it's God's will, then you just absolutely cannot receive it by faith. Faith knows the answer. Do you understand? Faith knows the answer. Faith is the answer. It's the answer before anybody else sees it, you see it. And Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, if you believe when you pray, you will have it. You say, well, I can't say, you know, I, I, I can't believe I, I can't believe I receive it because, you know, I don't have it. He didn't say you had it. He said, you got to believe you receive it and you will have it. But you got to believe you receive it. How do you believe you receive it? You got something by faith. Glory to God. And faith made that chair you're sitting in. I mean, I mean, faith is greater than that chair you're sitting in. The one who made you is greater than the one who made the chair you're sitting in. (laughs) And so anyway, in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 here, he says, now they came to Jericho. He's talking about Jesus and his disciples. uh, And it says, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples... Uh, And a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. Now, I love this story because here's Jesus on a road with a great multitude. In fact, in the Message Bible, it says, I love the way it says this. It says uh, he was, now, uh, when they were, where is that? 
I was just reading. Oh, my Bible turned because of the fan. Here we go. He says, they spent some time in Jericho, and as Jesus was leaving town, trailed by his disciples and a parade of people, a blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting along the roadside begging. So here comes Jesus with a parade of people. I mean, lots of people. And Bartimaeus is a blind beggar. And he's sitting by the road that Jesus and all his disciples and a parade of people are walking on. Now, let me ask you this. If you're a blind beggar and you got a parade of people in front of you, what do you think you're going to do? What's the first thing you probably want to do? Beg. Isn't that what you've always done? Sure, you've always done that. That's probably the first thought that came to Bartimaeus' mind. It's the one he'd always had before. If somebody's passing by me, then it's time for me to beg because I'm a beggar. It had always been before this would have been a good time to beg. But Bartimaeus, oh, I love what Bartimaeus did because in one verse, Bartimaeus changed what time it was. Now, I don't know where you came from this morning. I don't know if you're what road you've been sitting by. And I don't know how long you've been sitting there. And I don't know who you think you are. If you just think you're a beggar, that you ain't got nothing to give. You just want looking for something to take. And you won't have nothing for nobody. I want you to listen real close. Because God wants you to change, change what time it is. He says, in uh, the son of Timaeus sat by the road begging. And when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, verse 47, we were just reading verse 46. Now we're in verse 47. How far is a change of time zone? It's not far. It's not far. How, how, what's it going to take for me to do and be somebody I hadn't been before? It don't take as much. It's not as far from you as you think it is. Romans 10 says, your answer is closer than you think. It's as close as your heart and your mouth. The word of faith, which we preach. Well, we're preaching a word of faith this morning. And if you receive it with your heart and you release it with your voice, he said, that's your answer. And this is what Bartimaeus did. Glory, somebody's, got, somebody's doing it. He said, blind Bartimaeus sat by the road begging. And when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to beg and say, Jesus, Jesus, beg. And I'm, I need a quarter. I need a dollar. Give me another dollar. Jesus, hey, give me one of your disciples. You look like you're wearing some nice clothes. Give something to me. Is that what he did? No, that's not what he did. And guess what? Because he changed what he did, he changed what time it was. Bartimaeus did this. He began to cry out. And when he began to cry out, he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, this is what Bartimaeus was doing. That might be a little blind to you. But if you read some other definitions of what Bartimaeus was literally saying in the Amplified Bible, it says he said it like this. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. On me now. Now. In other words, he said, things are changing today. In the, uh, uh, in one Bible dictionary that I have, the word for have mercy on me, it's defined like this. He said, what he was saying was releasing active desire. Active. 
active desire. That's what have mercy on me. Uh, the word for mercy, have mercy on me means uh, an active desire. And I thought about that scripture that's in uh, Hebrews uh, 4.16 where it says, let us boldly come to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. One translation says, mercy for our failures, grace to help in good time for every need. He said, I don't have what I need, but you do, Jesus, and you're on my road, and you're here, and I'm here, and I believe it's a good day to receive from God. Glory! Glory to God! What do you expect God to do for you? Bartimaeus said, I might be blind and I might be a beggar and there may be some things I don't have, but I have a voice and I'm going to use my voice to release my desire toward the one who is able to give to me what I need. Don't you think it's interesting? He didn't cry out to the multitude. Why? Because they didn't have what he needed. In fact, He'd always receive from them the very thing that kept him begging. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Who are you looking to this morning? Well, you know, my mom and my daddy, you know, they always told me I was ugly. And they always told me I was stupid. And you know, they're probably right because they know me better than anyone else. No, they don't know you better than your God. I don't know what you, and you know, I got news for you. You don't even know yourself. The only one who really knows you is the one who made you. You better find out what he thinks about you instead of getting your direction from people who read the stars. Why don't you get your direction from the one who made the stars? Glory. Every time I see an astrology thing in a, you know, a paper or something, I think these people are listening to somebody who's reading the stars. I think I'll open my Bible and listen to somebody who made the stars. I believe he probably knows more about me than they do. So anyway, Bartimaeus, instead of crying out to the multitude, he cries out to Jesus. He begins to direct his gaze. In other words, he said, and you say, well, what happens when you do that? When you expect to receive from God, it changes your expectations. If you expect to receive from your, you know, from your granddaddy when he dies, then you know exactly what he can do for you. But if you expect to receive from God, it changes what you expect, your expectation. And Bartimaeus looked to Jesus. And when he did, you say, well, what happened when he looked to Jesus? I think it's very interesting. When he looked to Jesus and began to cry out, it says in verse 48, then many warned him to be quiet. Many told him in one translation, it said they began, they, many tried to hush him up. Many tried to say, this is not for you, Bartimaeus. You are not the person Jesus is on the road for. Don't you understand who Jesus is? Don't you understand? He's not here for you. Let me tell you, that's exactly what the devil does. He likes them and the world and your friends who don't know God. They want you to think that Jesus is not here for you, that he hadn't done it for you, that you're nobody special. Just go ahead and pay off your Toyota and live in your apartment. And don't you be going to that church on Sunday night. You don't need to be going there. Don't you know that that you ain't, you, ain't going to do nothing for you. You're nobody special. Let me tell you something. 
That's not the voice of God. That's the voice of your enemy. And if you listen to them, you're going to be sitting in the same place or you're going to be worse off 10 years from now. But if you'll do just what Bartimaeus did, you'll get just what Bartimaeus got. And when they began to tell him, no, you be quiet, Bartimaeus. This is not for you. Bartimaeus began to cry out even louder. You know why? Because what he knew that he could receive from heaven was greater than anything that was against him. He said, listen, I'm not doing what you want me to do because I don't want what you can give me. And they said, you ought to be quiet now. This is not for you. And Bartimaeus said, it is for me. What does faith in Jesus Christ do? It lets you know that you have been personally redeemed by the blood. And you are bought with a price. And God did do something for you in Jesus Christ. And when he says by your, his stripes you were healed, he's talking to you. And Bartimaeus said, he's on my road today for me. Have mercy on me. And he said, I'm not putting it off. This is not a day to delay. This is a day to decide in whom I have believed. This believe this is my day of decision. I'm telling you today, it's a day of decision. It's a time of decision to either move on with God. And I'm telling you, if you don't make a decision today, then you're deciding something else. And whatever decision you're making is going to decide what happens when you wake up tomorrow. But when you decide today to receive from heaven... I'm telling you, it changes what happens tomorrow. And Bartimaeus said, no, you can't keep me quiet. You can't keep me quiet. This is my day. I know it's my day. He said, don't call me a beggar anymore because I'm deciding today to believe God. Have mercy on me. Now, look at what happens here. I'm going to hurry. He said, uh, he said, so listen to this verse. This is so good. Even if I am a woman and I sing and I like to shout. This is good. Verse 49. So Jesus stood still. Oh, Jesus, I wish you'd just show up. Oh, Jesus, please come and visit me. Oh, Jesus, would you show up in my family? Show up in my marriage? Show up in my church? Show up. Oh, let me tell you something. Jesus stood still because not because of what God wanted. Of course, God wanted it. But Jesus stood still because he heard the voice of what Bartimaeus wanted. Bartimaeus released his heart's desire. And when he did, it was heard by Jesus. And Jesus stood still. You know what Jesus said? This is where I'm supposed to be. I ain't passing by here. I'm stopping here. You say, uh, you know what? What is it? Or Roberts always said, there's either a miracle passing by you or coming to you every day. Bartimaeus said, it's coming to me. Jesus stood still. And when he stood still, this is what he did. He said, this is the place. This is it. This is what I've been looking for. I've been looking for a place where somebody will not uh, be satisfied with anything less than heaven's plan. Nothing less. Doesn't matter where they come from. Doesn't matter what they don't have. If they want it and they use what they do have, I hear that voice of faith and I'm involved in the activity that happens next. Jesus stood still and this is what Jesus did. He stood still and he commanded him to be called. You know what Jesus did? See a few verses earlier, they were telling Bartimaeus what to do. 
Now he's telling them what to do. Woo, you know that? I love to say this. Let me tell you this. The command of your God is greater than the command of your enemy. Let me tell you what God has said. This word is the voice of God. And actually in Matthew, he says, we shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This word is the the spoken word of God. It's a spoken word. Hebrews 4 said, the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's what Isaiah 55 says. It's a word that grows and multiplies. It shall not return void, but will accomplish what he pleased. His word that proceeds out of his mouth. So what, what is God looking for? He's looking for somebody with a word from heaven that's coming out of their mouth. Because when it comes out of your mouth, see, the reason he wrote it down is so that you could say what he says. This is what he says. And when you say what he says, you get what he's got. It's a spoken word of God. And when the word of God declares, I'm telling you, I don't care who your enemy is. When the word of God is spoken, the command of God is greater than the command of your enemy. And when the command of God goes forth, I'm telling you, your enemy's activity has to be changed. And they come to him. First of all, they're telling him to shut up. Now they're saying, come on, brother. He's calling you. This is good cheer, good time, good days. He likes you. Come on over. He's calling you. They probably wanted to go too, you know. (laughs) You know, everybody wants to go when somebody who won't quit starts going. But you know, God loves us, you know, and that's why you have pastors and teachers and people who, who, who say, hey, let me show you where we can go. Now somebody will say, no, I don't think we ought to go. Shut up. Sit down. Don't you think you ought to not say those things? But let me tell you something. There comes a time when the momentum begins to turn. And I'm telling you, if you won't be quiet, if you won't stop, God won't stop. And if he don't stop, what's against you will stop. And the Bible says that Bartimaeus, as he began, uh, he said, he's calling you, rise, he's calling you. Verse 50, and throwing aside his garment, he came and he rose and came to Jesus. Bartimaeus said, don't call me a beggar anymore. He said, I want you to know I may have been doing it all my life, but I ain't doing it anymore. So how do people get that kind of you know, strong will. You know, some people, they're just like that. No, no. It's got nothing to do with natural ability. Let me tell you something. Faith in God is not based on how smart you are, your intellectual IQ. Faith in God does not have anything to do with your physical, mental capabilities. Faith in God has to do with the desire of the heart. And when that desire is released, I'm telling you, people, you know, he said, the righteous are as bold as a lion. I mean, people you think have no tenacity, absolutely will not quit. Hallelujah. People who've been whipped all their life, sitting on a robe, Begging. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen a beggar, but they are not the most secure people you'll ever be around. They're usually very low self-esteem. You know, they're just looking for somebody to just give me that little bit extra that you got. And they don't have much self-esteem. They don't have much to be proud of. You know what I'm saying in the right sense of the word. They don't really have anything to put any confidence in. But I'm telling you, when you know that you have an answer from God and he's done something for you, it makes you strong where you once were weak. 
That's what that, isn't that what that scripture says in Isaiah? He said, have you not heard? He doesn't grow weary nor faint. He said, "Bo, the, 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 the young will, they'll, get all, they'll, they'll grow weary, but they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They that expect to receive from God will receive an exchange of divine strength. That's exactly what happened to Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus came to Jesus, and Jesus looked at him, and he said, I love this. Jesus said to him uh, in verse 50, Jesus answered verse 51 and said, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus, ask Bartimaeus, what do you want? He's a, he's a blind beggar and he's standing before Jesus and he's been crying out for the mercy, the hand of God's mercy in his life. And he wants it now. And Jesus, he comes before Jesus and Jesus says, what do you want? What do you want? Why do you think Jesus asked? You think he asked that because he didn't know the answer? I don't really think it was because Jesus didn't know the answer. I think it was because what you expect to receive, that's what you'll get. And he wanted to see, he wanted to hear Bartimaeus. He wanted his expectation known. What do you expect? We're going to do an exchange here, Bartimaeus. They that wait upon the Lord, they that expect to receive from the Lord will exchange their weakness for his strength. Now, what do you expect to receive? What do you want me to do for you? And actually, in, my, in one Bible dictionary or concord study that I was reading, it said the word, what do you want me to do for you? The word for want actually carries the idea of being ready. I like that. He said, Bartimaeus, what are you ready for? What are you ready for? I don't know what you want, but he said, I can tell by seeing what you're ready for. What do you mean? What are you ready for? Well, you know, when I get dressed on Sunday morning and I put on my makeup and comb my hair and put on my dress, I'm ready for church. If I don't get out of the bed, if I stay in the bed and I don't take a shower and I don't get dressed, then guess what? I'm not ready for church. But when I get, uh, I'm ready for church. I walk out into the hotel. Lots of times in hotels, you know, people are running around in their shorts and they're getting a bagel and they're eating, you know, and I walk out. Obviously, they're not ready for church. But I am. You can tell by looking at me, I am ready for church. You can tell by looking at them, they're not ready. Now, Jesus looks at Bartimaeus and he says, tell me, Bartimaeus, what are you ready for? I'm telling you, when you believe God and you expect to receive and you release your faith, what's happening? You are ready for a time of new beginnings. You are ready for a miracle. You are ready to change your time. Lift your voice. Lift your hands. Glory. No, lift your hands. Glory to God. Everybody shout glory. Glory to God. So I'm here to ask you, are you ready? Are you ready? Oh, you say, how do you know you're ready? I'm telling you, you know you're ready when you got somebody, you're sitting on the road of your life and you feel like you ain't got nothing and you hear the voice of Jesus and you recognize that that is God's plan and purpose for you and it's right there in front of you. And instead of sitting there doing what you've always done, instead of acting like you've always acted, you decide, I'm going to put my faith in him and I'm going to do something that I've never done and I'm going to receive from him glory. that's what Bartimaeus everybody did. say glory glory to glory. God glory to God Woo. oh glory to God 
what? And when he said, what are you ready for? Jesus, uh, Bartimaeus said, Lord, uh, Lord, that I might receive my sight. In other words, Bartimaeus said, I'm ready to see. He said, you may, I may look like somebody who's blind, but I want you to know I'm ready to see. And Jesus said, you know what? Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight. And what did he do? Go back and sit back down, do what he always done? No. He followed Jesus on that road. Let me tell you something. He left where he was because he was not who he was anymore. He said, I can't go back and sit down in that same place. Because if I do, I might do what I've done. And I, if I do what I've done, then I'll just be what I was. But I'm not who I was. I have received from Jesus. He has changed my life. Now, if he's changed who I am, he has the power to help me change what I do. You do understand that Christianity is not produced by what you do. It's produced by who you are. Christianity is God making you a new person in Jesus Christ. And when he changes who you are, it changes what you do. You have the power to follow him. Are you ready? All you got to hear, if you hear it and you respond and you say, this is my day. It's either a day to, to, to do what you've always done, a day, or it's a day of decision. I've made a new choice. And let me tell you, Colossians 1.12 says, I love this verse, for as far as understanding that you're ready, giving thanks unto the Father who has qualified us to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness, transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. The English, plain English Bible says, giving thanks unto the Father who has made us ready to take possession of our portion. He has made us ready. I love what the, uh, uh, in, Mark, in, in Luke chapter 4, when Jesus was showing the, uh, the time of, of uh, 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 the new time that had opened up because of his... Um, his being anointed by the, by, with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he began to speak to them and went into the kingdom of God. And he says, uh, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news, to announce release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth those delivered who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the one, uh, one translation says, the day when God is ready to bless his people. God's ready, but I'm here to answer, ask you, are you ready? Are you ready? This is the day to get ready. Get ready. I'm ready to receive. Well, how do you know you're ready? Colossians 1.12 says, he's made me ready to receive my inheritance. I'm ready. When the devil tells you to sit down and shut up, that you don't have anything to offer, you say, I'm ready to receive from heaven. I'm a partaker of the divine nature. I got the life of God in me, and I ain't shutting up. I ain't giving up. I'm going up. Hallelujah. Lift both your hands and say, glory. Oh, glory to God. I'm telling you, this is a day, a time 
of responding in faith. Some of you, will ne- I will never be the same. Every word you receive from God by faith, it changes you, exposes you to more glory, gives you a greater, greater anointing. Oh, it's the time. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I'm going to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort and my shelter, tower of refuge and strength, let every breath.
So now walk in that way that the Holy Spirit has shown you today. Walk in that way for it will bring you to a place of greater glory and strength. A place where you will not only be able to continue but to finish that which the Spirit of God has given you to do this time. Oh, it is your time. It is your day. It is now and it is God's way that it must be walked in. Oh, not the way that we think we can do in our own strength but that way which is strengthened by heaven and his glory and might so move in and see he will make it all right hallelujah glory 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 hallelujah 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 glory to god glory to god glory hear this wherever he leads i'll go Wherever he leads, I'll go. I'll follow the one who loves me so. Oh, 
And wherever he leads, I'll go. I have to ask you a question this morning. I've been praying about it. And all night I kept thinking about it. Yes, there's healing. There's healing here. You can sit down for just a moment. I know there's he- This is just, like just a second. You may not be able to sit down very long. Healing is here. We believe in healing. In fact, most times people are healed in their seats as we sing. We've had people say, you know, you came to our church six years ago, and I had a lump on the side of my head, and it disappeared as you sang. What do you expect? It came to pass after these things that God did test Abraham, and he said, Abraham... Behold, here am I, Abraham said. He said, take your son, the only one, Isaac, your only son whom you love. Get you to the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt sacrifice upon one of the mountains, which I will tell of thee. Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took two of his young men, Isaac, his son, the clave and the wood for the burnt offering. And he rose up and he went to the place which God told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. You always have to get to one place before you're shown another place. That's why we always say, lift up your voice and praise him. Move into that place. That's how, that helps you move into a place. Not just staring or nodding your head or, or clapping, but lifting up your voice. You said, you're sure mean about that. No, we're trying to move you in another place. What do you think we have a voice for? Yell at, yell at the kids? You got a voice so you can do what your God does. Now, I know why women have a voice, and that's to tell the husbands what to do around the house. Just kidding. And um, then on the third day, he, he saw far off, and Abraham said unto the young man, Abide you here with the donkey and the lad, and I'll go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. He took the fire in his hands, a knife, and they both went with him together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, Isaac. He said, my father. And he said, here am I, my son, similar to the God the Father. And he said, behold, the fire. I see the wood and the fire. But where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Can you imagine? about those of you who have children can you imagine you said what's going on we just heard a lesson of faith man we're we're wired we're there's a place that god wants to move this church into and the place that you've asked for is going to require and abraham said my son god will provide God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they went both of them together and they came to the place which God had told them. See, step by step. When you do one thing, then he opens your heart and you see another step. Then you do that thing, then you open your heart and you see another step. And he says, uh, they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there, laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son. 
and laid him on the altar. <laughs> and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, he said, here am I. He said, lay not your hand upon the lad. Don't do anything unto him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you wouldn't withhold your son, your only son from me. Abraham lifted up his eyes, looked, and behold, there was a ram caught in the thicket by the horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called that place Jehovah-Jireh. And it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Ooh, glory. I said, what, what are you doing? When I was praying this morning and last night, I kept waking up and I just kept praying in the spirit, praying in other tongues. How many of you know that is, that is the roadway into things of the supernatural? Praying in the spirit. And the Lord said, there's an altar call I want you to give this morning. The same altar call that when the, the people brought Jesus, the boy, he was bound. And Jesus, they said, we couldn't do anything. The disciples couldn't do anything with him. They could have, but they didn't. <laughs> didn't know what they had. And Jesus said, well, bring him to me. Bring him to me. That's the greatest invitation you'll ever hear from the Lord. Come to me. Come to me. Bring your sickness. Bring your, bring your vacancies. Bring your dreams that have died. Well, I thought I was going to do this, but I kept messing up with my life. I mean, I'd, I'd do okay, and then I'd mess up. I'd do okay, and then I'd mess up. I guess I'm just a mess, you know. What do you expect to receive today? If, you know, I, sometimes when she's speaking, I'm writing so fast. You know, when you write things down and you look over it, you, you'll retain it a lot better. Get used to bringing notes and paper to church. Or, you know, get, If you're not going to write it, get the tape and go home and write it. That's what I do. I, I get tapes and I go home and I sit down and I write things out. You mean because you're going to preach? No, for me. You don't, you don't want to just hear it. You want to be a doer of what you hear. I don't, and that's you know, why, you, that's why, I mean, I'm not preaching so I can, I'm studying so I can preach it. I'm studying so I can live it, do it. The preaching comes from your living. That, that's one thing I, I really re respect about Lois when, when she's talking. She's not just, we never did seem to get into the, how well we could do it we just said man we got some information let's just do it we got to live it it's the living <laughs> that gives power to the and, preaching you know, calculating how to do it if you figure out why God came sent his son Jesus you'll figure out how you'll just <laughs> go till you blow up but you're here and you said you know I've messed up and I've messed up and I've messed up well then you need to bring that thing and put it on the altar or God's asked you to do some things for him in this church or for in your life, and you've held back. Can you give it? Can you bring it here and say, it's not worth it. It's not worth hanging on to. It's just not worth hanging on to. Maybe relationships. Maybe some of you kids or maybe adults have relationships that you know you're not supposed to be in. You know it. You know it's not good for you. I'm telling you, kids, Learn to obey while you're young. Now. So you won't have to struggle when you're older with decisions that you made that weren't right. You 
said, yeah, there's a particular relationship I'm in. And you need to bring it to the altar and say, God, I give this person to you. Can you, can you do it? You can. What do you want? What did Lois say? What do you want? Jesus said, what do you want me to do? Sometimes there's a, a letting go. And a get up from the side of the road. You got to follow let it go. Jesus. Maybe it's your marriage. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's your marriage. Maybe there's something wrong at home. Listen, I just want to give a word of exhortation. Husbands, if you love your wife like Christ loved the church, you won't have any problems. None that you don't you say, have well, answers well, to. Well, well, it's easy for you to say. Uh, you, 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 you're not married. I've been. I've seen examples. I've seen it. I've seen men who absolutely adored their wife, and they had the most wonderful relationship. Because you know why? The man wasn't nervous. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it work. I've seen men that you've walked, they walk in the room, look like Jesus walked in because they weren't nervous. I'm not nervous. I'm not nervous. I don't have an ego trip. I heard that once. Somebody said, now, you know, men have egos. And I thought, why? If we created like Jesus, why should he? Jesus didn't have one. Actually, it said he laid his reputation aside. <laughs> Became of no reputation wait, wait, for you. Wait, okay, wait a minute. Maybe I'm not. But we're not here talking about that. No, but so. I'm just saying, if you're here this morning and you have a problem in your marriage, then, Mister, you grab your wife and you come down here and you say, "I lay my marriage on the altar because I was trying to run it, but I want God to run it." And I'm saying this is serious. I'm not doing this because I'm trying to probe or make you think I don't know that much, but I do know we're supposed to be like Jesus. And women, I'm not, I'll get on to you. You're supposed to be like Jesus. Yeah, but he's got so many faults. Well, if you can't, if you can't, go to counseling. If you can't figure it out, go to counseling. But you be like Jesus too. And don't try to change him. I'm just, I don't know why. But if I you really can't change it. what you're looking at, change the way you're looking at it. Just, you need to bring, bring it down here. You say, well, I'm embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. This is a great Sunday. This is, some of you'll find you'll even be healed when you bring something to the Lord. Physically? Physically. Maybe it's your job. Maybe that's just an idol to you. Maybe it's your boyfriend or your girlfriend. And all you can see is them. Maybe it's your newlyweds and you can't come to church because you're just wrapped up in your marriage. Well, you will know. You will know in a few years you won't have enough to contain that marriage if you don't wrap it up with Jesus. Because no one can feed you what he can. I mean, as much as I love Lois and look to her, she can't feed me like Jesus can. She's my best friend. You said, what's a best friend? Someone who helps you when you mess up. Someone who leads you to Jesus. Someone who won't quit on you. Someone who believes in the greater one in you. Someone who says, come on, we can do it. Not someone who's leading you away from God. but I just feel like some people need to bring some things to the altar. And then you need to turn around and say, Lord, I'm leaving this. I'm leaving it here. And I expect be different. I'm getting up from this place different. 
I expect to receive my healing, my answer from heaven, my marriage restored, my friendship. If you have to give up your last friend, if it's the one who's keeping you from God, give it up. Get off that road begging. He'll send somebody better. He'll send somebody better. You said, yeah, but they're real popular. Uh, Today. Today, I was the most popular girl in school. I was nominated for that. And I stood up for Jesus. Everybody knew, boy, she's a fanatic for Christ. But everybody voted me that. Most friendly, most school-spirited, most popular, most likely to succeed. I was voted voted the girl in all categories, and I had to pick one. They said they'd never had that happen in the history of the school. Because you said you're so cool. Tell us what year that was. Hold it, sister. No, because let me tell you. Let me tell you why, kids. Let me tell you why. Because we don't let them intimidate us. I didn't let anybody intimidate me. I walked in, and whoever I sat down with, they were cool because I was cool and I sat with them. I wasn't like, when I got to wait, who's really cool when I got to go sit with them and I'll be cool. I knew I was cool. I walk in and I go, who am I going to bless today? You said, why? Because you were cocky? No, because I was secure. Jesus was my best friend. Why did I have to look to somebody else to bring me up? I was already up. You understand? See, when you get your acceptance from God, then you can accept anyone else. And you said, listen, oh, sure. Sure, I accept everybody. I accept everybody. Okay, now here we now go. Listen, I want to ask you something else. You said, well, I was called to ministry, but I've, I've messed up. I've, I've ruined my life, and I've done it more than once. Take a number. Well, it's time to It's time to get up from change. that place. Expect to receive restoration. We hope you've enjoyed this message by Lois Toucher and Cindy Duvall of Shekinah Glory Ministries. For more information about Shekinah Glory, log on to our website at www.shekinahglory.com. There you'll find our entire catalog of teaching materials, music CDs, and books, all available for online purchase. The website also offers our daily devotional, updates from the road, and our ministry itinerary so you can pray for us as we travel throughout the United States and overseas. You can also join our mailing list in order to receive regular newsletter updates of ongoing ministry projects. Thank you and God bless you for your support of Shekinah Glory Ministries. We couldn't do it without you. Truly, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth. This is Ray Toucher, speaking for Shekinah Glory Ministries. Thank you and God bless you.